0: Well, first of all, brothers and sisters, thank you for having me back. It's a pleasure to be here. I just would like to start off by saying thank you. I have a message from my sister. Last year, in September of last year, my sister was diagnosed with stage 4 ovarian cancer. It was a very dark period for me and my family and especially for her. And so what I did is I reached out to you, and I asked you for your prayers. I asked you for your help. I asked you to pray for her. Two weeks ago, when we were at table, we were sitting down, and and during the conversation, she says, David, I have some good news for you. She said the doctor said that he no longer sees any cancer. Tell <laughs> tell your community. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. So everyone, thank you for your prayers, thank you for your support, thank you for being there for me when I reached out to you as a deacon my first month It was a very hard time for me. I shared with you my pain. I shared with you my concerns. I shared with you what it means to trust. And that's what I had to learn to do. And when you do that, and it's hard for me to say this at my age, I had to grow up. I thought I was all grown up at 54. (laughs) But when tragedy hits We have to grow up. We have to grow stronger, bigger. And with your help, I did that. And that's what life's all about. We're constantly growing up. So thank you. Now getting to the um, gospel. Brothers and sisters in Christ, there are a few themes in today's gospel. And for me, when I read it, it spoke to me about ambition different kinds of ambition, and how ambition can be a sin, especially self-ambition. In the first reading, we hear that the others, the wicked people, they want proof. They want proof that God is with Christ. If what he has to say is true, God will be with him. So what they want to do is they want to condemn him. They want to go by the book. They want to make point fingers at him and for him to prove himself to them. Self-ambition. The second reading we hear also has to do with self ambition. That we go out into the world doing our will and not God's will. And that's difficult because we're human. And in today's gospel, we also hear the ambition who is the greatest? Who does the best job here? Am I number one? Am I pulling in the numbers? Am I top dog? Self ambition can be a sin. In today's gospel, we also hear about the journey that the disciples and Jesus is taking. This journey is all about death and resurrection. The death and resurrection of Christ, yes, but also within us. Our death and resurrection that we have to experience every day through our struggles, through our daily lives, through our own sinfulness. Rising and dying to ourselves every day is what we do as Christians. Recently, I was discussing the meaning of life, the circle of life, lying king to a friend about that meaning of the circle of life, rising and dying. We ourselves have to die and rise to ourselves every day in order to grow and mature spiritually spiritually. Since I've begun, I've been learning to do that. How? By getting out of the way, getting out of God's way and allowing the Holy Spirit to work within me, to be childlike, full of wonder. Ambition for the Holy Spirit, ambition for God, not my own ambition, not my own will, but God's will. And as a reminder, this ambition for God is a thirst When we come up and we receive the body and blood of Christ, when we take that chalice, we are taking in life, the thirst for life in that chalice. So that's what happens when we drink from the chalice we're taking in that life. For me, how I grew this last year is I learned to die from, and still I'm learning to die from, curiosity. Curiosity killed the cat. Let me share with you one of my favorite things that I do. I have a bike, and I enjoy going out on my road bike and um, exploring and riding, and the person who donated that bike to me is in this very room, and I just can't thank him enough for changing my life. And when I place my bike into my car, I also take with me some, some water, some energy water. And I take maybe about six, six bottles, always to have it in stock. And I notice that as I'm going to my destination, at some intersections, there's a panhandler. And he's wanting either money or help or food or, or work. And I think to myself, are you really wanting, needing what you're asking for? Or do you want to turn it around? And maybe get something else that's not as honest as you're trying to portray. It's natural. We all think that. It's our defense system. And so, what I started to do, because it was so hot, and you can tell that he was parched and thirsty, I reached over to my back seat, took out my sports water, offered it to whomever was asking, and I usually say, Brother or sister, are you thirsty? Brother or sister puts them on the same level as me. We're equal. No one has ever turned the liquid away, the, the energy drink away. And so I would donate my water, and as I'm driving off, I'd be curious. What are they going to do with that? I'm gauging. I'm, I'm curious as a cat. I want to know. Well, time goes on, and I do this constantly because it's my way of giving, But there's a catch. When you give, you give with the heart and you leave it alone. It's none of your business what happens after that. So what? So what if they give it away? So what if they go try to cash it in for a refund? So what? At the end of John's gospel, Peter asks Jesus about John. Hey, how about that guy? Where is he going? What does he have to do? What's his business? And Christ says, that is not your concern your concern is to follow me so i have to learn to do that day by day even though i'm in this vocation and so what happens is that over the summer or just the last couple of months i was a, i was at mass and a cowboy came up to me, about age 60, tall, cowboy hat, cowboy belt, cowboy boots, chink, 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 chink. And after Mass, he said to me, David, I'm not from here, but will you please do me a favor and go visit my grandson, who's in the care center? He was involved in an automobile accident, it was pretty vague. We sat down, had a cup of coffee. I took down the information. and said, yes, I'd be glad to. Long story short, I go to the care center. And we'll call the young man David, just to be safe, not to give away names. And and I walk into David's room and I forget that I'm in my clergy. I'm in my black shirt and my collar. And if someone's not expecting me and I walk in, they're like, (laughs) like, what's going on? (laughs) Why are you here? (laughs) And so the young man's maybe about twenty-two and he's clutched to his um to the side of his bed and i i i explained myself right away i'm sorry your your grandfather asked that i come give you a blessing and you know how in animation in the cartoons how the big eyes when they're curious and scared oh they became relaxed and he became comfortable and his whole body relaxed after he knew the reason why i was there and so we started to talk, and I asked him, I says, your grandfather asked me to come here and give you a blessing. Is that okay? He said, sure, that's okay. And so I gave him his blessing. And as I was giving his blessing, I didn't ask God to heal him physically. I didn't ask God to heal him for something that could be healed. I asked God to heal his spirit to heal the inside of him so he can soldier on with whatever he has that's keeping him here in, in the care center. And then as I was doing this, and as I finished up the prayer, gave him the sign of the cross, I thought to myself, why didn't I pray for something specifically other than his spirit? And so I asked him, I said, what happened in the accident? And he said to me, this is what happened and he pulled back the blanket and he was missing a limb. I understood that I was prompted to pray for his spirit rather than for that limb to come back, rather than a physical healing. I was prompted, I got out of God's way, my my ambition was to follow the Holy Spirit's guide. And I was just taken because his spirit was lifted. He was feeling better. And he asked me to come back. So every week after that, I kept coming back. And um, eventually, on the third week, I asked him, I said, David, what exactly happened? Can you share with me the situation? And so he showed me a few pictures of the accident taken from one of the street cameras, and um, and he says, here's also an article on what happened. So I sat down, and I started to read, and the headline starts out, Panhandler hit by automobile. Remember my curiosity, what happens with my drink? After I give it away, God was saying to me, this is what happens. It was painful. Christ, God, was teaching me that when I give, let it go. Don't be curious to what happens after that because you're giving from your heart. Give from the heart. So I had to die from curiosity curiosity killed the cat. And David, he's a young man about 22. We don't have very much in common. I'm 54. I think I'm just slightly older than Father Gary, (laughs) but he likes to hear that. (laughs) um, (laughs) And so we don't have much in common, and it's hard to pull up conversation with him. And um, I finally said to him, I said, David, you'll have to excuse me if I'm not too talkative, but um, I just enjoy being in your presence. I just enjoy sitting here with you. And he says, yeah, me too, because he needs company. He needs someone by his, his side, and you don't necessarily have to have a good, strong conversation going on. You can just be present and have the same effect and enjoy each other that way. And so we would watch the news and watch a few channels that he was interested in. But the point is that I had to learn to die from my curiosity. So your ambition, brothers and sisters, is to aim high. Aim for the ambition that's that's towards the Holy Spirit and towards God. And, And for me to help you to do that, I... I am giving away my holy cards that I had at my ordination. The ushers will have them after Mass for you. I ask that you take one per family because I'm limited on the amount that I brought with me. And I'm sorry. I um, wish I could give you more. But um, be sure to take one. And when you read the prayer, I encourage you to, to memorize one line in the prayer. So when you're in a situation where you have to die from something, that you recognize that, for me, it was a curiosity of knowing what's happening after I give, and you need help reminding yourself of that, and your ambition needs to change, the ambition towards God, the ambition towards the Holy Spirit, remember one of the lines that are part of that prayer on that card. And trust me, your ambition will begin to grow towards God, towards his love, in a different direction. And you'll grow, too. You'll grow up. One last thing. At my ordination, I was presented with a lot of letters and thank you notes and cards from, from this parish. And it took me a month to reply, to send back thank you cards, because what I had to do is that I had to find time in prayer to be present To everyone in your letters and in your cards of thank you. And it got so busy after ordination, it took four weeks to find the time to sit down, pray, and then have all your gifts in front of me and open them slowly. So when I read them, I could see your face, I could feel your essence, I could hear you in prayer for me. And it was overwhelming and it was memorable. And out of all the cards, all of them were inspirational. Most of them had readings from the Bible, but there's one that particularly stood out for me that explained and mirrored my experience here at Saint Edward's, and I'd like to read it to you. And I'll close with this um, with this card that I read. It said, "The best and most beautiful thing in the world cannot be seen or even touched; they must be felt with the heart." The author, Helen Keller, one of us, one of us who suffers, one of us who struggles, and all of us as Christians who learn to overcome by growing up.